In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Father, give you thanks and praise. On this glorious day, this Sunday, to come to worship you and to be in your presence. We ask you to open our hearts, to convert our hearts, to convert us, to desire you, to seek you, and to know that we are in need of you. Amen. There's a phrase that's used um, kind of as a joke, but it's used often, and I hear it all the time, and usually it's like a, like a, like a catch-all after, you, after we're gossiping about somebody. There's like this phrase we say, talking about somebody in a negative way, usually negative way, like, man, he needs Jesus, right? Or like, or she needs Jesus, or like, like uh, they need Jesus, that kind, of, that kind of phrase. And it's usually used for, for multiple things. I think a lot about people in your lives that you could think of in your own lives, in your own existence, especially in relationships, that like, man, really, that person needs, needs Jesus. And there's like extremes of these things, right? Someone in your life who like is, has an, a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or a gambling addiction, all these kind of addictions in our lives. And you can think about them, you want to pray for them, and you know they're going through a hard time and they're really struggling with this thing in their life and in your heart of hearts, like, man, they need Jesus or he needs Jesus. And as someone, not even just going to be practical things, someone more uh, spiritual things, some of the more vices of life, someone you know who's like extremely stubborn or extremely arrogant or extremely vengeful, like people in their life who like really hold on grudges for decades and they hate people, they refuse to be in the presence of certain people, there's kind of personalities that are more common than we'd like that to be. And we can talk about them, and usually in conversations we're like upset with this person, like man, he needs Jesus, he needs some Jesus. It's very common. Another extreme of life, those who are obsessed with, with money, people who are very greedy, people who will undermine other people for, for a dollar, who will basically like steal, maybe not like stealing a dollar from a wallet, but like in business practices, their ethics are really, really called into question. And it's like, man, this person and their ability to, and how they function and how their business goes and how their life goes, how they talk or think about money, how they act in their life when it comes to money, they need Jesus. That person needs, needs Jesus. Basically, we're talking about the entire, like, thread of conversation of what St. Paul is saying today in Galatians. He's talking against the sin, right? Usually against the uncircumcised. It says those... Now, the works of the flesh are plain. because a whole list, fun lists from St. Paul. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like... It goes through this entire list. And these are things and the sins in the world. We can look at these things and say, man, people who do that, they, they need Jesus. And even I was thinking about not even just some of the tangible things of life. We have people in our lives who are very distant from God to an extreme, right? To the point where they're against God for a variety of reasons, right? Maybe they think that the church is just a business that wants money. We've all heard that from our, somebody always in our lives, right? Or they're scandalized by things that happen in the church, the clergy sex abuse scandal that happened years ago, there could be a, a multitude of reasons they can think to themselves, like, I don't go to church, or I'm against the Catholic church for reason A, B, and C, right? Or to the other extreme of, of, of the University of Michigan graduate, intellectual, arrogant person who, like, thinks they have the world figured out, like, I, I accept Jesus, but I don't accept anything that the church does, okay? That you don't accept Jesus, right? And we can think to ourselves, and that person needs Jesus. Or the atheist, who is like staunchly against the church or staunchly against anything we do in our lives. This past Friday, we were fasting for the Holy Land, a peace and the Holy Land. Like, why are you guys fasting for? You guys are offering things up to the pagans? It's like, gosh, 
these conversations are very frustrating in our lives, right? And, and, and you can say, man, that person needs Jesus. Or, on a less negative way, people who have experienced tragedy, people who have experienced death, whether death of a parent, sibling, a child, grandparent, whatever tragedy that has happened in their own lives, watching a child suffer, and they're, they're almost to the point where they, they're angry with God. And they can't even articulate that. They're just angry with God, or they're angry at the world, or they're angry at the situation, whatever is in their lives. You can look at that, like, this person's really having a really hard time. And the phrase we can use is like, man, that person, they need Jesus. But in my experience, the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues, isn't even these lists of things and sins and all this thing against the church, for the church, tragedy in life, intellectual arrogance. Really the bigger issue, in my experience, is that people just don't care. It's a sense of lukewarmness that is like taken over our society, taken over the community. And it can happen to us very easily as well. That we're just like, it's not even that they're against us or that we're fighting against, we're fighting against the heretics or the pagans or whomever it might be. We're not even there anymore. People just don't care. They kind of care, they kind of in and the wishy-washy. Like, those are the people who really, they really need Jesus. But when I was praying with this, when I was praying with that whole idea of like, they need Jesus, usually these conversations are more often than not gossipy. Here I am judging those who struggle with addictions, judging those who may have in their own heart of hearts because of their, maybe their, their wounds or their, or their own souls or their, their experience of life. They're arrogant with their life or they don't know how to give forgiveness or they have been convinced of a certain way of thinking. Therefore, they're against the church or they're against the teachings of the church. People in their own lives who struggle with a desire for money because they themselves came from poverty. They, therefore, they struggle with, they can't help themselves or people who have read a book, who have been convinced, or who have gone through tragedy, am I judging them? Because at the end of the day, it's not about us judging others because they need Jesus. I, I need Jesus. Why am I somebody who goes to Mass at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning in the, in the midst of the middle of the fall? Like, how, are, are we perfect? Are we levitating because we're all saints here? We're all in need of Jesus. We're all in need of, of a desire from our hearts to be deeply, more deeply converted. That at the end of every day, we can reflect in our lives and say, man, I need Jesus. And in the gospel today, there's a twofold seeking of Jesus. There's Jairus, right? He's a, his, his daughter is dying. He's seeking Jesus for somebody else. All, obviously for himself as well. He wants his daughter to live. But it's on behalf of somebody else. And then the woman... Right, who has a flow of blood. Basically, she's menstruating for 12 years. And because of that, she can't be around the community. Because of that, she can't be in the synagogue. Because of that, because of that she can't offer sacrifice in the temple. So for over a decade, she's been ostracized, she's been lonely, and she, even in her relationship with God, is hurt. She needs Jesus for herself. She's seeking Jesus, and he's seeking Jesus for someone else. And that's us. That needs to be us. To seek Christ always, whether it be for all those people in our lives who would say, man, that person needs Jesus. Do we actually pray for them? Do we actually believe that they can be converted? Do we believe in the power of God to convert souls, even if they seem very distant from God? The answer should always be yes for that. For example, Tuesday is Halloween. Who's excited for Halloween? 
I'm excited for Halloween. You guys are lame. All right. I think, Halloween's, I think Halloween is, is like, like, besides on a secular level, on a worldly level, besides Christmas, is like the most fun time of the year. The entire American world, the entire American world, whatever religion, race, economic place you are in your life, celebrates Halloween. It's the only time in your life in your, your normal life that you actually care about your neighbors and you're like, wow, I actually like my neighbors. They actually, they actually like me. Hey, we're giving out free candy. It's like a weird, fun opportunity in the world. <clears throat> and there's always these like random outliers who are like, yeah, but it's about worshiping Satan. It's like, gosh, people, easy, right? It's about dressing up like Superman and getting candy from your neighbors, right? But in reality, what it is, it's all Hallows' Eve. Right? It's the eve of All Saints Day. Therefore, it became a fun holiday over, I don't know, centuries. It's a thing that happens. But really, what you, you can't help but recognize, and you can't. It's impossible. Easter can come and go in a secular world, and you're like, eh, did it happen? I don't know. I'm not a church person. Oh, it did happen. Who cares? Halloween's impossible. There's pumpkins everywhere. There's candy everywhere. Every school is doing a trunk retreat. Every community is hanging out doing candy. It's a thing, Right? The whole world is celebrating the day before All Saints Day. The whole world is celebrating the day before we recognize and commemorate all those who come before us that we call saints who are holy in their lives, whether they're recognized by the church or not. The holiness of people who have come before us. And there's two specific saints that we can pray with. St. Augustine and Monica. St. Augustine was this is an individual who, in the 300s, I forget when he lived, centuries and centuries ago, was firmly against the church, was preaching against the church, formally preaching against the church, had a, had a child out of wedlock, meaning he was doing sexual immorality. And this is centuries ago. This isn't the modern day, the world is crazy today. Se- centuries, millennia ago, 1,500 years ago. This is what he was doing in his life. And his mother, who loved him, who loved God, sought for him to be converted. And for years and years and years and years and years, she prayed and fasted for his conversion. She was the one who was seeking Jesus, like he needs Jesus. So she was seeking Jesus for somebody else. And he needed Jesus because he was against God, against God. And then eventually God converted his heart because of the power of God. If you would have seen him in his prime of preaching against the church, you'd be like, there's no way this guy would ever be a saint, let alone a Christian. And he has become arguably the greatest saint in Christian history. One of the greatest Christian theologians and greatest preachers and greatest writers ever. Ever. Because somebody interceded for him. They sought Jesus for him. And he sought Jesus eventually because of the power of God. So be very wary in our lives when we have individuals who think, man, they're just gone. They're impossible cases. They need Jesus. We can say that kind of jokingly, man, he needs Jesus, right? But they do. And we should give them Jesus. And we should actually pray for people. Because if St. Augustine could become a saint, that person in your heart that you're judging, that I'm judging, that we're all judging here, whomever it might be, they might be the next great saint. Because the greatest of saints are those who have converted from the greatest of sins. And we're patient with that. And we endure and we trust the power of God to convert our souls and the souls of all the world. Amen.